All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is the Secrets of Saturn live stream number five, where we're going to be discussing deprogramming. I hope this is working as always. There always seems to be a bit of a lag, but it says we're live. So hello, everyone. If there's any uh, video or audio issues, as always, please just give me a holler in the chat. Uh, hello, Fringe FM. We'll be with you for at least the next hour, hopefully the next two. I have to actually get an update on that where we're at with those things. But uh, we've got a bit of a uh, big chat going on tonight. Of course, you have me, um, and always is with me is Wayne. But we also have Crow777 and the Great Baldini. Gentlemen, welcome. It's good to be here. All right, man. It's uh, a new year by the standards we live under. Don't agree with that, but happy new year to everybody. <laughs> happy new year happy to new everyone. Happy new year, one and all. Yeah, that's a good place to start, Jason. You know, we were just talking about people who are kind of waking up to the realities we live under and feeling like if they're part of the system, they're part of the problem. Uh, maybe we should take a minute to address that because the truth of it is, with all that I've learned and all that I know now, you can't be not in this system um, and still use parts of the system as far as I can tell. Um, what do you guys think? Well, I think that is a perfect place to start. But before we do anything, I'm actually going to play a new piece written by our friend Dr. William Dietz, who did all the compositions for the secret uh, yeah, for the um, <laughs> Shoot the Moon film. And uh, Crow, you've already heard it, and it's it's fantastic. And I wanted it to everyone is. to hear it. And I did put a link in the chat if anyone wants to scroll up a little bit. That YouTube link I, I have posted there. That is for this piece. It is called "Mystery of the Cathedrals." And before I play it, I'll give you the quick rundown that he gave me on it. Let me find where he told me that. Mystery of the Cathedrals for Symphonic Band is titled after the book of the same name by the alchemist Falconelli. In 1926, he left his remarkable manuscript concerning the hermetic study of Gothic cathedral construction with a student and then disappeared. The book decodes the symbology found upon and within the Gothic cathedrals of Europe, which have openly displayed the secrets of alchemy for 700 years. Mystery of the Cathedrals is a grade 4 piece for band. The recording is by the LSU, which is the Louisiana State University, Wind Ensemble. Damon Talley is the conductor. So basically put, it's a level that it's at a level that most high school bands can play. Each movement represents one of the three planes of existence. Movement one is spiritual, movement two is mental, and movement three is spiritual. All right, uh, maybe our friend Jay Widener will like this as well. I'll have to send it to him. But here we go. We're going to listen to this real quick before we get into deprogramming.
everyone thoughts on that before we uh, jump into the rest well I like the heck out of it um, from as did point I of view. yeah um, and it, it implies that he's read the Falconelli work and I'd, I'd like to I, I hope you ask him is there uh, is there are there ideas and information uh, embedded in the track yeah, I'll have to talk to him later. He's got company over today. Uh, last day his family's visiting, or else I was going to invite him on to discuss the piece, but we can always have him on in a future broadcast. Well, I'm actually looking at him in the chat, I believe. Hey, Brett. Um, yeah, he's, he's on there. Piece. Yeah, love it. But that was awesome, Brett. Great, 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 great job as always. I'm happy to play this here for you, and I hope everyone enjoyed it. Um, we did get a super chat before we even started. Uh, thank you, Frank Vitucci, for 499. He wants to know about uh, the Space Shuttle Columbia, since we always talk about the Challenger but never hear about Columbia. Uh, interesting point. I haven't, unfortunately, checked to see if any of the astronauts listed on the Columbia explosion are on the SSDI, which is the Social Security Death Index, which is a... I don't know if it's the be-all, end-all of whether someone who is American is gone or not and their number recycled, but... I think it's a pretty, at least, good tester to see about anything, and I don't know. We'll, we'll, from we'll, we'll from get my that. part, I, I would consider that, um, <clears throat> that since the um, NASA program is almost entirely fraudulent, that that would that event would be as well. I, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, well, I the, the the first one was shown for what it is. Yeah. Um, all of a sudden, all the twins show up and everything else. I yeah. mean it. it if you if you understand that there's a lie with an event and then they do the same event again, does a sane person consider it to be instantly fraud or do they still keep giving them a break? For my part, everything they do is fraud. And if they want me to think otherwise, they have to prove it. It's on them now. They've been caught lying too many times. Hey, but maybe the known liar is actually telling the truth this time. <laughs> yeah. What's the chances there, there's, of that? there's the problem. There's the human frailty, right? Yep. Just maybe, maybe, just maybe they're telling the truth this time. Nah, I don't think so. Mm. So are you guys familiar are you guys familiar with this um phrase? I, again I, I haven't looked to see if it's um uh got any veracity or to it or not, but um <clears throat> there is the um uh the, the uh, premise that um the great United States was um you know developed by the if you want to say Illuminati or whatever, these people and this there's a phrase that goes along with that, a Colombian enterprise to endeavor for the discovery of Atlantis <laughs> and all challengers shall be destroyed. And then when you get to NASA, of course, that names all of the um space all, all the space shuttles, Columbia, Enterprise, Endeavor, Discovery, Atlantis, Challenger. Right? And Challenger was the first one destroyed. It's all so. spelled out that we actually uh, went over that uh, in uh, one of the Crow Triple Seven episodes. I think it's the one where we were unpacking Virgil, uh, yeah. if I remember yeah, correctly. I so. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that, yeah, that was the one. <clears throat> they all bleed together, but I believe you're right. 
Yeah, I've, I've heard it a number of times, and <clears throat> so I just thought I'd throw that in there that, um, you know, uh, for, for again, for, from my part, um, there's there's nothing that exceeds the boundary of probably 150 kilometers, um, uh, m- maybe maybe further, but um, it's a, you know, it cannot be a vacuum. It's a second law of thermodynamics violation, so uh, nothing exists up there uh, as described. So whatever they say is going on, uh, you can pretty much take it to the bank that it isn't. So, um, but uh, so let's go back to um, to Crow. You had uh, brought up a, a good thing that places to start with in, in terms of deprogramming. Yeah. Well, I don't <clears throat> I don't know where everybody is, and everyone has differing amounts of time. Um, but I just actually got email from Kurt Kallenbach, who was one of the last people up. Um, we've heard from what Jason, at least four other people, who have gone out. Uh, can you remove yourself from this system? And some people have said yes. I think Clint was one of the most accurate assessments where he basically said, yes, you can leave the system, but you can't leave, use any part of the system if you do that. If you use money, if you use the roads, a car, you know, all these things that we live and use, if you want to participate in those things, um, I don't see that there's any way to remove yourself from it wholly. Um, and it, logically, that's sound. I mean, what if everybody woke up tomorrow and said, I'm not participating in the system? Well, in a week or two, your roads would be broken. Your electricity would start to go out. So, I mean, it makes sense. But from my point of view, you have to live in this system unless you want to live in a teepee. And I'm not sure you even could live in a teepee. Where would you go find the land where someone didn't run you off? Yeah. Um, so that's where I'm coming from. I don't know what you guys think. Uh, I, I'm with you, Crow. I think that um, as much as I would um, th- at this point in my life really love to to live <clears throat> in the in the old ways, um, I, don't, I don't think they would let you. Um, I think at any point, if you um, if you accept any part of the system, um, you're part of it. And uh, all you can do is, um, from my perspective, is sort of uh, be like Neo and be in the matrix, but try to break it and wake others up to the um, to the truth of it. I, I think that's the best we can do at this point. It, it seems to be pervasive and overwhelming to a degree um, that, that there's no separation from it. Well, let, right. let, let me offer this idea before you throw over to you, Wayne. Um, it's a bit like music, right? So many people have written emails saying, oh, you ruined this band for me or you ruined that band. <laughs> um, and, and I understand that. I get where you're coming from. It's like the stages of grief. At first you're angry and then eventually you go through all the stages and you're okay again. But it's not the same as it used to be. So look what we're doing here with music. Um, I noticed someone right off asked if the new piece um, that Mr. Dietz wrote was in 432, and Jason said, no, it's in 440, but it kind of has to be when you're with an orchestra because the system has made all pianos and woodwinds not that easy to retune to 432. But the point is, is we all have the ability to go home and play in any frequency we want. So if we start to play in 432, the intent starts to matter. To me, the biggest problem with this system for us now is intent. Uh, If you intend to go along with it because you don't know any better, that's a problem. But if you intend to help other people and do better and play your music in 432, even if the radio won't, this is improvement. But anyhow, Wayne, I kind of stepped on you. Uh, That's okay. You're kind of uh, echoing some of what I was going to say anyway. uh, We're at the point where uh, in this world, if you want to participate in any way, shape, or form with other human beings, you have to be somewhat involved in this system in one way, shape, or form. And there's, there's just no getting away from it. So the real question then becomes, what are we going to do with the system? Uh, and that's what we need to do is kind of work 
through the system and use the system to uh, get people to a place where they could step back from it and say, hey, wait a minute, this isn't right, we need to fix it. Because right now, we're in a place where the, the system's like steamrolling everybody and forcing them to go in a direction they may not necessarily want to go. But uh, there is good news, though. We could, if we speak up in large enough numbers, change this system and make it better. And that's kind of what I think we need to do at this point, because walking away from the system altogether is a near impossibility in this day and age. Mm -hmm. Now, you could uh, feasibly maybe go live off grid and, and that kind of thing. But at some point, somebody, some government bureaucracy is going to come knocking on your door uh, trying to uh, pull you in for something. I mean, look at uh, alcohol, tobacco, firearms that uh, the whole ATF situation uh, with different things like Ruby Ridge and all of that stuff. Uh, a lot of these guys are just itching uh, for something like that to, to come about and uh, look at how the media plays that stuff up and turns it into a, a whole fiction around a lot of different things along with it. So if you're somebody that's of the mind of homesteading or whatever, there's nothing wrong with that. And uh, living off grids, a great thing if you could pull it off, but uh, I'm, here to tell you, you're not going to be able to do it for long in any of the uh, the, the lands that we have here now because uh, these government bureaucracies and agencies they're they're kind of cracking down on a lot of that stuff. They want you in this grid, uh, one way or another. So they'll do everything in their power to get you there. So if you want to interact with other human beings, you kind of have to. And this all stems back to that whole philosophy and idea of the whole mark of the beast system. If you want to buy or trade or sell or anything, uh, you have to take part in the system. Otherwise, you're not going to be able to function on your own. Right. So, uh, like I said, I mean, it's one thing to be self-sufficient, but uh, by and large, you know, there there are other people in the world that you have to interact with, and uh, in one way, shape, or form, you're going to have to interact with the system at some point. You, you know, I I would ask Jason a question. Jason, we've done I think four people covering aspects of the law and then we've done Kurt Kallenbach of all those shows we've done what did you think was the most important thing and I will point out from Al Fonts, from Stephen Miller from a few people we know certainly people got out of felony charges um, some marijuana charges we knew people who did silly things in their backyard to <laughs> go get arrested so they could test this they applied these methods and they got out of it but while you're thinking of what the most important thing, I'll tell you what it was for me, and this is where I think we have hope. Kurt Kallenbach pointed out that each of us marks the beginning of our life at our birthday when we come through the port of entry called the birth canal. And he further pointed out that by the grace of God, or however you want to look at how you got your life, you've been alive for nine months longer than that at least. Um, and that one idea is to me the most important thing that's been put forward because the main difference between people who can do things in this world and people who are slaves is the idea of entitlement. So for some reason, whatever you want to say, this person's special or they're a bloodline or whatever, they can do all these things. They don't need a passport. They can jump on a jet, go to any country. So what's the difference? And I think what Kirk Kallenbach dro dropped on us starts to get to the crux of the matter. Um, most of these laws that bind us are set up on fictions based on biblical ideas, uh, both Old and New Testament, as far as I can tell. So 
is it possible that just understanding that you came into existence at the zygote and not at the birth canal, is that starting to get to just be a change of mind that ends up making a big difference in the future? And I think it's quite possible. Well, this whole thing has so many facets to it. And what Wayne was implying about not being able to interact with humans at certain degrees, you have to decide for yourself, what is it you want for your life? What is it you want to do? And of course, we're talking about Western society. Let's get that plain and clear. Of course, if you want to go live in a desert in the middle of Ethiopia or something like that, I doubt anybody would really stop you. But I don't think that would be a very pleasant life. But let's talk about Western society. So Europe, uh, the United States, a lot of South America, um, Canada, you know, you know what I mean by that. And you have to decide, okay, so I want to be able to interact with people. I want to be able to live in a society. So even if you're living rural, you can start pulling away. And I think this is what it comes down to is how much can you and are you willing to pull away? For instance, our friend Benjamin Balderson lives predominantly disconnected from everything. That The only problem with that is he can't be truly not bothered because someone like, like uh, Wayne said with, with the uh, the ATF, for instance, if they have some nonsense reason, they can still go barge his door down. So he's not truly, truly away from everything, but he makes his own power, he makes his own food, all that kind of stuff, which I think is great. So you have to decide for yourself what kind of life is it that you want and are you comfortable with? How much can you pull away? Uh, you can start very small, like stop handing over your data by signing up for every little card and giving your email address out to every single company out there uh, using more cash than credit cards or PayPal or any of those things. Now, this is the big problem, of course. They've got us so used, and this is how it always works. They've built this up little by little. Now, we're all older. We're, none of us are kids here, uh, you know, 40s and up. So we watched this system get built around us. We went from the time where everything was cash to uh, credit cards starting to be a thing, starting with the Diners Club way back in the, I forget if it was the 40s or 50s, uh, to cards that I remember my mom using her MasterCard when I was a kid in Kmart, and they had to put on the little, what they call the knuckle busters, and chink chink, and then she signs off on it and all that, to now where everything's near instantaneous. And we're all used to that. So that we have to decide for ourselves, okay, so what can I do if I want to start pulling away from this system and just start realizing that I don't want to take part in every tiny little thing that they do? It's up well, to you, I would, really. I would Although I, I would suggest that, I mean, we, if we all sort of agreed that to, to some to, to some level, um, completely unplugging is nearly an impossibility. I mean, if, we, if we're not in in some um, you know simulation like the Matrix, if if, we, if it's actually we live in a physical material world, and I I perceive that we do, um, we we have a, a physical material world, even though they're trying to overlay it and pull us away from the natural world. Um, the the key here is is less to unplug as much as we would like to. I think that becomes a difficult proposition. But moreover, and this is kind of where the conversation I think began with Wayne and and Jason and uh, my conversations with them about what we do to wake people up so that they're at least aware of it. We begin at that the the first level is awareness um, that what you are shown is not the truth and um, and how we can um, uh, go about um, waking ourselves up further becoming more aware of it but furthermore and, and um, 
uh, I think to to the larger point is what we can do to help wake others up. I think each of us has has faced a, um, the desire, especially once waking up and understanding that that what we're shown is is not reality, uh, to try to tell others. And there's a an enormous amount of pushback there uh, to the to the level that you know people get um, extremely hostile. Not not just um, what we see in terms of mockery, but they get ex- extremely hostile. Uh, and that to me speaks very loudly of, of programming uh, on its own. That's that's it's an unnatural response. And so. <clears throat> You know, from my perspective, I think looking at the ideas of, um, I think to begin, how each of us, uh, what it was that um, that came to, to wake us up a bit, and what we see as as going on, and then um, what we what we can do going forward. And I, I would like to ultimately make this sort of an interactive challenge to the to the audience that is with us uh, to try to see what we can do to identify. Um, who is the most likely to wake up and what we can do to um, to help um, bring some level of enlightenment. Um, and I have some ideas. I know we've discussed some of that, but I'd, I'd really like to hear as well from um, from our audience as well, because I know we have some of the, the brightest minds among us here. So I just want to toss that in. I think it's less about trying to unplug. I, I don't think you can fully unplug, um, but, but we can be aware of it. Um, but we certainly can um, make others aware of, of what's happening. Well, I, I, I'm going to add an idea here, and I'm going to use Benjamin Balderson because, because what he's doing is important. Have you ever heard the old cliche, um, ownership is nine-tenths of the law? There's a truth in that idea, even though it goes against the idea that the law is going to be one way and what we do is another thing. There is a truth in that idea. Imagine if there were 100,000 Benjamin Baldersons doing what Benjamin Balderson is doing. Um, then it becomes a thing to be reckoned with. And here's how you know that's true. Social programming seeks to homogenize. It's why we only have two political parties. It's why, it's how television works, as an example. Like, if I grew up in New York and someone else grew up in Los Angeles, there's every chance in the world that they might wake up Monday morning, go to work, and get by the water cooler and talk about the identical thing because they saw it on TV the night before. This is what social programming seeks to do, is to homogenize and reduce all the things that people could be doing, remove the complexity. It's We see it in our cars right now. That's why all the cars are so few colors. If you go back to the 60s, there was every color in the rainbow times 100. Mm-hmm. Um, you can see the homogenization. And to think about that in a way, think of this. If no one had movie, news, or TV, And every night, what would a particular family be doing? Something different, non-homogenized, all this complexity. So I would add those ideas into this. And I think it's important that people like Ben and others, not just what Ben's doing, whatever you would do that is unique. I think it's important for those things to happen because if it catches on, then it's a force to be reckoned with. Absolutely. I agree with you with that. Uh, All of us need to do our own little part. in the things that we're good with and we want to do uh much kudos to ben for what he does do absolutely Uh, i don't know it i don't really know anybody who's more self-sufficient than than ben balderson honestly uh the guy's got it together if something happens the power grid goes down he'll be okay i can't say the same for myself uh, but (laughs) i mean i'm I'm confident he'd be fine but uh you know it it's one of those things it's you know the more self-sufficient you are the better off you are uh and that goes, you know, even even if you do uh, get involved with the system in one way, shape, or form, or you do stay involved with the system, just the ability to be self-sufficient should the need arise is a huge, huge thing. And I think more of us need to be that way. 
Yeah, I think there's a there's certainly a um, a, a huge uh, amount of power in being self sufficient. I think um, not just um, physically, but mentally and emotionally as well. Like not being um, as concerned about what other people think of you and not living according to the script they give you. All right, that you should do this or you should be that or well this. You know, if you want to be you know accepted, you gotta like those. those um, it's probably been 15 plus years that I sort of broke free of that and going. You know, when I learned really the the idea that it's um, for most people, it's not what I think, it's not what you think, it's what I think you think, right? That that's that's important to most people. That um, we live our lives um, based on trying to receive acceptance uh, from other people, and so to do that, we look to them uh, to try to receive cues from them of what we feel that they're giving us acceptance even when they're lying right so um, breaking free of that has been an enormous um, uh, you know level of personal responsibility for me I've become responsible for my own actions and not uh, there is no blaming anybody else right there's no blaming um, what my, my parents and what they did and their influence I mean certainly um, uh, I had issues with my parents I think a lot of people did um, uh, with with um, you know the indoctrination we had at school and all the stuff going on and um, you know the tra- treatment from other kids and treatment from society I think all those things are um, help shape us but when we um, take real full responsibility for ourselves uh, and, and our own decisions and our own actions and um, that we realize that the only I mean for myself the only person uh, that really matters what they think is, is my creator and if I'm if I'm good there then um, uh, I think I'll be all right right and then my personal experience is that when I get that lined up everything else seems to go a lot better there are people that um, don't like it they get threatened by it but for the most part the people that I care about are uh, more in tune with that so um, I get I just kind of go with um, you know self-sufficient Efficiency has a variety of different um, ways it can play out, not just in a, um, a physical growing your own food and, and um, staying off grid, but uh, being self-sufficient in your own um, heart and mind and spirit um, that we're that we don't um, eat the uh, pre digested chewed up pablum that they give us in the media to tell us what the world is about uh, and that we see it for ourselves in a, in a literal material, physical and spiritual sense. So so here's an idea, man. You see so many people waking up and they take a look at what they're doing, what their job is, where they are in life, and all of a sudden they start feeling really bad because they start to think, I'm part of the problem here. I'm in this system. My job forces me to do these things. And in, in some cases, it's a terrible choice to make. I've had RNs contact me many times saying they forced me to get inoculated. They forced me to give inoculations. That is... That is a catch-22. That's between a rock and a hard place. But most people are not that hard off. So consider this idea. Instead of trying to drop out of the system, think about this. If I could devise a way to undermine the system and break it, um, it would be this. Quit being afraid and be kind to other human beings. Don't ever look at another human being as a Middle Easterner or a terrorist or a Republican or a Democrat understand they have two arms two legs and children and they want what you want even if they don't think exactly like you that would undermine the system in a hurry and i'll point out another thing all this fake news that goes on all the time and we don't need to speak about it because we know what they're doing and we know what the agenda is i just sent an email to jason which i'm going to look into there's a thing called the dick dack apparently that put the right to bear arms in a way that can't get messed with now i haven't vetted this out But this is what I'm talking about. So there's a group of people who don't appreciate what they're seeing in the system. So what do they do? They went back to laws in 1913 looking for the system at a more sane 
time of existence <laughs> and trying to find ways to undermine what they don't like about what's going on now. But the prime ingredients that are making the system what you hate right now are a couple <laughs> things. Fear and the idea that you can't trust your neighbor or that other country or that other kind of person that you've never met before. Yeah, or moreover, under- somebody who disagrees or has a different viewpoint is your enemy. Right. Yeah. That's right. If you undermine those two things, the system will begin to break down, particularly the fear, because that's the first ingredient. Like I've said so many times, if someone's going to cast a spell on you, the first thing they need is high emotion, and fear qualifies as high emotion. Right. Mm-hmm. Fear, anger, yep. Now, we just got a super chat for $15 from, I think, New Zealand, so thank you very much, Matthew Ross. And he is asking, is there anything you guys are investing in, for example, gold or crypto? I understand the evil behind a digital currency, but with resources, our community can do great things. I would say the easiest thing, if you just want something to put some money in that's not hideously expensive but will definitely hold value, would be silver. But, yep. uh, Crow, I know you're you're kind of into this stuff if you want to take that one first. There's a few things in the world that have always had value since we've been so-called civilized. Gold and silver are the primary two. In in the system we don't like, believe it or not, the highest currency is human data. <laughs> if you were a corporation, you would you would want human data by volume more than you would want gold and silver. But back here in the sane world where human beings live, um, I'm not sure I would say gold right now, but I would definitely say silver. And there's another thing. Um, as technology ramps up, more and more silver is going to be needed. And by the way, big players like China have, of course, been going after certain resources, not just China. But if someone asked me what to put money in, I would say don't do crypto. <laughs> that is the worst idea ever. Um, and I've talked about this. I would say do silver. So I'm with Jason all day on that one. Um, I'm probably going to go with the with the somewhat more you know um, cli- maybe it's more cliche but maybe esoteric thing and go <laughs> I I I kind of resist investing uh, my time and energy into anything that can be taken away from me right so e- even oh. even silver or material possessions of any kind is that those things can be taken from me and so I spend nearly every available moment if I've got time investing in myself I read um, voraciously um, I, I try to spend time with people who I think I can invest in and pass along whatever um, wisdom or knowledge that that I've gained over the years to um, to try to help them or answer any questions that they have so um, I, I'm 100% invested in um, uh, trying to to uh, be a, um, I don't know say better person. Trying to trying to um, live out the things that that I believe, right? Because that's the, they can't take that away from me, no matter what. And I'm with Baldy all day long on that. I'm the same way. Uh, I collect information. I try to help people as best I can with that information. As far as real physical assets, uh, I would definitely say real estate is is one. Uh, if you're going to invest, to invest in, because it's something that really will maintain value of some sort. And, you know, it's one of those things. Once again, it's one of those things that they can physically take from you at some point. But uh, that would be my investment strategy if I were to invest in something physical is real estate. But uh, I'm kind of more along uh, Baldini's uh, thoughts on things. Real estate's uh, just great. Just invest if, in other uh... people. Yeah, well, investing in people is fantastic. Real estate's great if you have the money to do it. Uh, the reason why I think Crow and I right. both like uh, silver is because you can get small rolls of coins, and this way if there's any kind of problem, at least you have something to barter with, and I think that's kind of what uh, the idea here is. But the other thing is, in a in a much 
worst kind of scenario where things are starting to break down. I mean, if everything completely collapses, God only knows. But if things are, are having some trouble, having resources on hand that are easy to barter with, like think about the things that everybody would need, uh, food and water being being the, the key ones, but think about things that might actually have some value. Uh, even look back to colonial times, how people would barter, like what were some of the mm-hmm. things that were very uh, – desired but weren't the easiest to get how about things like salt how about things like uh coffee you know you can think about things like that and just have some extra stores on hand that right yeah in sure this day or even or, or skills right skills that are skills are, is another one things you can barter with exactly and these I'm, are things I'm to not, consider not, i'm not knocking having stuff trust me i mean i i work you know, <laughs> i i work 50 60 hours a week to right to pay the bills and make sure that um, we have a you know a house you know we have a roof over our head and we eat well um th- those things help to make you comfortable make life less miserable I'm not knocking that and saying I'm r- I run around naked in the woods, right? As much as maybe I'd enjoy that, um, <laughs> you know. But, but what I'm saying is, when it comes to really hardcore investment and looking out for it, because um, I had a conversation recently with somebody going, you know, I've I've had, um, you know, w- in terms of, of that, I've had I've lost all my material possessions at least three times in my life, right? And for through various circumstances, and and um, it's a really painful process, but it also gives you the the perception that um, those things are just things, right? And um, the the really important stuff is relationships and and um, who you are and and so th- those things became uh, of of greater value to me as as painful as losing those things was and I'm still on the tail of, of one of those things where it's really um, it's really devastating right and 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 um, you know it's it's a it's a difficult thing to go through but it does give you a different perspective on things that that um, w- if you are going to spend your time I mean like, again the conversation had to do with that I've been on both ends of this I've I've had um, an enormous amount of success early on in my life and so I did pretty well and considered myself um, certainly, you know, upper middle class or better. And my parents had money. And um, so uh, I went to, you know, private school. I got to um, take advantage of some of the nicer things. And I enjoyed that a great deal. Um, But I, and I, so I was able to rub shoulders with some people who had a lot of like hideous, ridiculous amounts of money, the kind that makes me sick now that people um, need to, they they need more. And right. And so um, I found that people on both ends of the spectrum, both on the very wealthy and the very poverty side, both of them are miserable. And the people who are in the very poverty because they have lack and the people who are um, that have a great deal of, of material wealth because they're always worried about who's trying to take it from them um, and and their own only um, uh, focus all the time is, is how to get more and and often how to take it from others um, they, they they're always trying to scam somebody out of somebody else and it's a game to them uh, and they're constantly trying to win that game and that's just something that I don't want to be involved with right so um, when it comes to um, to investment Right, and then what we focus on, um, I, I have found through my experience that by beholding, we become changed. Whatever we focus on uh, becomes the focus of our existence. And so, um, it, it. So, for example, when I began really tearing this stuff down and looking at um, all the lies we were told, I became miserable for a while because everything I was looking at was lies, right? And so, and 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 the the horrible things going on in the world. And so, I was constantly confronted with the horror in the world, and it made me miserable. So, I mean, I had to kind of take a step back and like, like reget some balance. Um, to regain some balance over time because I was only looking at these horrible things by trying to tear it all down. Um, and I think uh, Crow can probably <laughs> – we've had this kind of conversation before. you got to kind of take a break from times and look at different things and look at positive things for a while to uh, to get a sense of yourself again. So um, I, I just think that you know balance is a, is a good key, so I don't think you can live without um, some material possessions. You're going to have a very difficult, difficult time if you do that. Uh, but on the other hand, if that is your sole focus, um, you, you're also going to be miserable and empty is, is my experience. So 
Well, I was just thinking about what you said first about investing in knowledge and information. And the fact is, is that we are in the information age. And the fact is that much of the problem is the control of information. But think about this idea. What if you did invest in information and knowledge and make yourself know things? Um, as far as I know, there's not a major religion in the world that won't tell you that the human soul never ends. A lot of us don't believe that. A lot of us say, oh, well, I'm going to heaven, but they're scared to death of dying. So how can those two things be together? If you look at the Eastern religions, they have similar ideas expressed in slightly different ways. You see what I'm getting at here? If you made that your focus to know information from all over the world and understand, uh, for me, one thing that happened is death becomes less scary. And when death is less scary, you're less controllable. So I think there's something to information as well. Um, in a lot of ways, I could come at it medically or, or anything. But think about a world where predominantly everyone wasn't too worried about dying because they're reasonably sure the human soul goes on. Um, how would that change the system that we're looking at that none of us are particularly <clears throat> fond of? Yeah, I'm, I'm with you all day long with that, Crow. And, I, and I'll go back to the conversations we've had before about the difference between just simply knowledge and understanding, right? That um, the information itself is is valuable, but it's the experience of it. It's the difference between the, the uh, knowledge, which is the gathering of information, and the understanding, which is the ability to imply it, right? And then hopefully you go forward, forward into wisdom, which is the ability to, to project that forward uh, into the future, right? And to make something of it. But th those to me, yes, are the really, the really key aspects of uh, if you're going to invest invest wisely and then that would be to invest in wisdom learning to fly sent in a super chat for two dollars thank you very much and just said thanks everyone you're very very welcome thank you i see um I've seen a couple of comments from uh, Sue Vanelli there in the in the chat re regarding kind of what we're talking about, and I think we'll get there, Sue, which is um, the idea that you can't really, you know, you can't wake anybody up. You can, you know, lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. Um, you can plant seeds, that sort of thing. And I, I to a degree, I, I agree with that, um, that you are not going to just um, – walk somebody up to um, the depth of the rabbit hole that we've all come down and presumably everybody here who's is in the in the chat is uh, at least to some degree um, aware that that you know we disagree with um, the much of the stuff that we've been told but I think it would be very difficult to walk to somebody up on the street or somebody in your personal or family circle and say hey uh, scalagerian history poppycock <laughs> Right. Um, uh, everything that you've ever heard about space and our universe, poppycock. Right. Um, everything you've ever heard about religion, poppycock. Right. Um, they, they would just look at you like you're nuts and they, you know, they they'd start to pray for you, whatever it is they're going to do. Um, so um, I, I think there is a, certainly, a, uh, again, a level of um, of truth in that. But but I think one of the things and again, part of why we wanted to have this conversation is to find ways <clears throat> to, to help plant those seeds and wake people up. And I think we have some specific ideas we'll get to a little bit later um, once we kind of uh, take a look more at the foundational stuff of uh, some specific ways. And I think I'll just hint to that and go uh, finding low impact, um, less emotional, provable things to, to drop seeds on to let people know they're being lied to help. But We'll, we'll touch more on that, but um, just kind of wanted to, you know, tease that a little bit and go, uh, I think that um, all of us here, to, to a certain degree, believe um, or, or at least accept that um, we can't accept much of what we're told, right, that, that we're being lied to at every level. Um, from, my, from my perspective, it is at every level, like almost everything that they tell us is misdescribed in some way. There's truth in it, but there's none of it that is 
um, an accurate description of the world around us in some way that they're lying to us at every level about everything. Right, and that comes to be a hard pill to swallow sometimes too. But it's a bitter uh, when you look at the, it is, and you look at the level of deception though that's going on. Uh, at this point in my journey, uh, I've come to the conclusion of pretty much the same thing. It's it, it's something important. We've been lied to about it. it. It's it's all the way up and down the ladder of things. It's every level <laughs> that we've been lied to on a grand scale with. And uh, when you come to that real you have to start searching for answers. It could be a difficult process. I mean, it's kind of like the uh, the different stages of grief when you actually go through this. It, it, it very uh, much is, right. yes. Yeah, like yeah, it, yeah, but con- this whole awakening. Consider this idea, um, and we should consider this idea, because we all like to complain about how terrible things have gotten, and very rarely do we take the responsibility that we should be taking. If you look at how this happened since basically the great generation, if we only go back that far, what we see is society as a whole becoming more childlike. We're all turning into babies, basically. We're becoming lower-minded. And this happened mostly through television and movies. We, we quit doing all these things we used to do, and we started doing these simple-minded things, mm-hmm. like watching a lot of television. And that really did homogenize us. And we're responsible for that. And if you start to think in that way, then you start to try to take responsibility. And here's the thing I noticed. A lot of people get upset because they can't get anyone to listen to them. I would suggest to you that that is always going to be a problem. And if you go at someone to try to change their mind, you're probably just going to push them further away from even considering anything around them. The truth of it is, is I have a very close family member that's way more educated than I am, that has probably read more books than anyone I am aware of in the world, that many books. Read Gone with the Wind in a single night. Um, Avid reader. When I first got here, the comment was, he's crazy. And I wasn't even trying to push a point of view. They were just aware of something. When I sit at a table these days, in certain family situations, ain't nobody saying that anymore. See, what I did is I said, I don't accept that, and I don't know how you watch this nonsense without understanding what's going on. That's all I say. And I left it there. Things have changed over the last three or four years from, oh, here comes the crazy guy, to everyone looking to see what I'm going to say next. But I didn't get there by trying to jam it down anyone's throat. Or There were times when I did, I had learned the hard way. My point is, is if you start to look at how we got here, um, you start to try to grow up a little bit maybe and not be like, here's a good example. Go on on YouTube and look at how many avatar images were lifted from some movie or some TV show. Um, that's exactly what I'm talking about. There's your lack of diversity. Those are not that. The, what That's not the person's idea. They're just stealing something from someone else. Um, and that's a prime example. When you like... Look right now in the chat room. I don't really, I haven't seen anyone that's that's recycling in that way. But those are the ideas that I think um, should be thought about at least. Well, I, I think um, 
for, for each of us, and I think you know everybody uh, can kind of comment. Both um, the four of us here on the um, on the panel, as well as the those in chat. That um, I, I don't know anybody uh, who who just woke up to it all in one day, right? It it, uh, it begins with one thing, and you go, "Hey, wait a minute, that just that's just not right. It just doesn't land right with you, right?" And and for some, a lot of people um, uh, point out 9/11 was kind of the watershed moment for them. Um, you know. Uh, for other people, different things. A lot of people came to, you know, cosmology or, um, or whatever. But, um, I, you know, I, I think that for each of us, what we, we, we came to it through a series of progressions that, uh, we, uh, we learned that something that we were told wasn't the truth. Uh, and then we began to, um, over time, learned that more and more things were untrue. And, and I think uh, certainly, at least for the four of us, we, we've come to a, to a place of understanding that um, you begin to see a pattern develop, right? The, um, it, it starts to have a certain smell to it. It has a fingerprint to it, um, the, this pattern of deception. And soon enough, you realize that um, uh, almost everything uh, has that same pattern of deception. And when you, when you start to dig at it, when you start to really um, chip away uh, at the veracity of what they're telling you, you find it's just not there. Um, and that this goes um, for for me uh, throughout everything, right? From history, science, um, again, uh, religion as it's presented. Uh, again, I'm not bashing anybody's beliefs or faith because you know I have mine, um, and I and I. Um, but it's experiential, right? It's a it's a direct thing. So, <clears throat> and it came through experience. What what I'm saying is that as you begin to chip away at um, at pretty much everything that you're given. Um, it, it, you you come to realize that it is not as it's being told, and I, I even see this um, more and more among those who um, think of themselves or call themselves truthers or whatever. I see it all, all the time in forums and chat rooms that people will um, once they um, reject one thing, they'll they'll grab onto another to replace it, and then that is they're going to throw that out and claim it as fact, right? And then push away everybody else who who doesn't accept their new truth. And I. I just I have a hard time getting my head around that going how um, when are we going to take these diapers off right and and really understand that um, you, you got to come to these things on your own and I think this is um, uh, I'm going to echo again what what Sue said but with a uh, with a little twist here go they do we do have to come to these things of our own we can't you can't have them pushed upon you right you, you have to come, you have to wake up on your own it's a process uh, but what what we would like to do and I think what we um, uh, you know ha have an idea to do is to come up with some good seeds right that we can start um, giving to people and some uh, maybe a, a deprogramming script that we can uh, give to people and go here's some ideas that we'd like to try out uh, and have you um, maybe toss these seeds around and, and see how they grow here's some water um, here here's some um, you know, you know, here's some husbandry, right? Here's here's some opportunities. Uh, certainly, I I have a few things that that might work, but um, uh, I'd like to hear again from more people on the panel about, um, you know, what it was for for you when you start looking into this and what it was that, that made you go, hey, wait a minute, that's just not that that doesn't sit right with me. And when did you start? Uh, what was it that made you sort of um, uh, take a different view on things and not begin to accept the the, the narrative you were given? Good question. Uh, I've always been kind of, hmm, what, what, what word shall I use? I, I don't like, <clears throat> necessarily want to say I was always awake, but I always was suspicious of everything. And I, I knew things weren't the way they were presented, but uh, as the years rolled by, I personally started looking at things like, uh, I think the first thing I ever found was Coast to Coast AM. But of course, there's a lot of silliness mixed in with, with some of the good information. 
And mm-hmm. I just I just started questioning things for myself. It was obvious that wars weren't what they were supposed to be. Politics weren't what they're said to be. Like all those kinds of things. And of course, I built that information up over years. 9-11 happened. That was the, the big one for a lot of people. I really heavily looked into that. Uh, then the space fraud came up. And that one really was just like, wow, man, nothing's really what we think it is, is it? <laughs> well, you know, there's there's another side to this I think we should bring up, Jason. Um, what's being done is criminal by any standard. Yeah, that's a good Anything way of putting it. Anything that has to be coerced and snuck in and lied about and hidden and done at night, those are criminal activities. So there's another side to this where if you're a decent human being and you treat other human beings decent, that puts you in a better place than people that are engaged in high crimes and felonies, basically. Um, And the problem with being a criminal at that level, everything you do always has to be covered. It's like JFK. There's a lie that's got to be covered till the end of time. Moon landing, covered till the end of time. There's never going to come a day when they can put down their guard and quit worrying about that particular nonsense. So in some ways, just growing up and recognizing that you don't appreciate so many of the things you see, um, I say every day, if I could snap my fingers and have two things go away, I'll tell you what it would be, watching the news and watching politics. I wouldn't even lump movies in with there. I'm, I'm willing to take that thorn. Um, but if those two things would go away, people would start treating each other much much more decently overnight because so much fear and emotion that all the that the news and politics put into people would go away. But like I said, um, it's not just a system we don't like and we may feel helpless, but the way it's been implemented is criminal. And don't ever forget it because there may be a reckoning at some yeah. point. <clears throat> It is criminal, and it's it's over overarching too, right? I mean, the the more I see it, is that <clears throat> I, I see it from every possible angle. They start from um, the outset, from when you're, you know, uh, uh, before you can even really talk, right? They right <clears throat> they're programming you, and then they put you in school, and then they they teach you, um, you know, uh, a a certain social structure. Uh, and and you know with learning as well right that you are not supposed to ask questions um, you you accept um, authority right and that you're a bad person if you have a problem with authority uh, and that means just questioning what you're told right you go hey wait a minute is that is that right uh, and then you're you're a problem child right if you ask those questions um, and that and then it folds over uh, it comes at you from every angle through music through art through television uh, through news <clears throat> through church through um, through every uh, aspect it, it, and it is criminal and it's 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 there's malice of forethought there when you uh, when you take the time to look at it and see how much it overlaps with each other and how it reinforces each other uh, th- this is where I come to when I see that um, you, when you challenge certain things people get hostile not not they don't just uh, and those are the two things I think are uh, unnatural uh, responses the mockery and the hostility uh, th- those are not natural responses it should just be um, if you gave somebody some information that they went hey what I don't they would just kind of look at you funny that's not what the what the response is it's either uh, mockery or hostility or both uh, and those are clearly to me um, uh, imprinted uh, and um, intentional yeah, yeah it's intentional uh, programming 
Yes, and it does come from a place of fear that when you're um, w- when their their belief system becomes challenged, uh, that makes them feel that they are somehow um, being told that they're wrong, and they get an immediately defensive mode, and they they feel they have to defend it. Uh, so it does create, uh, and and they've really really amped up this um, just in the last I don't know, fifteen plus years, and and more incrementally more with each year, <coughs> the idea that um, <coughs> pardon me. <clears throat> that those who disagree with you are your enemy, and, and even those in the same group, I mean, you know, really, like a heretic is somebody who disagrees with you by just a tiny little bit, right? They believe almost the same as you do, right? Um, somebody who's in the same uh, belief group as you are, but they have one one idea that's different, suddenly they're the outcast. Um, but we see this all the time in, um, you know, social media groups and um, and in real life, anybody who, who adopts a uh, a, a differing position, and I see this uh, all the time with um, those who are very active in politics, for example, is if anybody um, gets outside the party line uh, and, and, and adopts an idea or a philosophy that is uh, just one of them, that they can they can uh, total line at every level except for one thing. You get a, a hardcore, um, you know, a left uh, philosophy, Democrat or whatever, and that um, they're, they agree with everything except they're, they're, they're a supporter of gun control or um, of, of Second Amendment gun rights, and um, they're, they're going to get kicked out immediately right um uh, or, or you get on the other side you get to the far right and they agree with everything except for they're um okay with pro-choice and then they get kicked out so um it it becomes um uh you know you've got to you've got to accept the whole thing uh you, you know from soup to nuts or you're going to get kicked out and and this sort of <clears throat> um approbation and ostracization is um uh i i think a real key to what they're trying to um instantiate overall right into uh getting everybody to swallow the same pill right it's the the, and you're either all the way in or you're out so raleigh in the chat room wants us to uh mention that uh, this is kind of funny but so i am as old as dirt 70s kid well so am i so i guess i'm almost old as dirt too uh both makes me lava (laughs) (laughs) both my parents did work for nasa dad told me then in the late 1960s that the moon shots were a fraud Dad's corporation also built Cape Kennedy and Apollo parts. Mom was a Jobs Daughter International. So, you know, obviously I can't prove that, but, uh, you know, there's just another person adding to it all, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. yeah, this is... Uh, what, what more could we say about NASA? Um, they've been proven... <laughs> Never proven to, answer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, proven to lie over and over and over and over again. But people still hold on to this... I don't know this this hope, this this sincere hope that we had actually achieved something as monumental as going to the moon. Uh, so I, that's one of those things. Like you you look at it and you're told one thing, but uh, when you actually go and examine uh, all the logical fallacies around the whole idea, you find that it's just not a feasible thing. But uh, they'll they'll still to this day. Well, you know, they could shoot that laser at that reflector they put on the moon and blah 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 blah. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Well. <laughs> Me too. You know. Okay. So. So then. So w- with that in mind, right? So I think you know certainly Wayne for you and I, um, when you when we look at the space thing, what we look at is the physics of it, right? And so it doesn't take very long. You start looking at the physics of what they claim to do, and you just go, it's, it's just impossible, right? Um, it, you just it can't be done, 
right? Whenever you start looking at what the the vacuum of space is supposed to be, the ten to the minus seventeen tor vacuum, and you start looking what what is physic what would physically be required of a of a uh, a, a craft to, to even survive in in the kind of conditions that they're telling us exist there, and and then you just start looking at celestial mechanics and and uh, orbital mechanics and that kind of stuff. You just go, it's just nonsense, right? It just can't be done. Um, and the hubris with which they do it. Um, <clears throat> so so we we take that tack, right? Um, uh, and then as we start to break down the idea of uh, what kind of person uh, is it that that begins to wake up, right? And so I think there's um, uh, a, a certain group who wants to say, oh, well, you just have to be, um, you know, you have to be either smart enough to figure it out. I, I don't, I don't, I'm, and I don't necessarily buy that. I think there is a certain level of, yeah, the, um, those of us who really like to look into information and we're big on that sort of stuff maybe gives us an advantage. But on the other hand, um, there, there are those of us who are bright that don't get it, right? Because they get very bought into the system. And so, um, the, uh, again, I, I say the higher the education, the deeper the indoctrination. It doesn't. It's not simply a matter of intellect and intelligence. There, there are other aspects um, to to it that make people some people more prone to waking up and other people less prone. Um, so maybe let's explore that a little bit. What What do you think the um, uh, the aspects? Uh, um, what are the common characteristics of people who who begin to wake up? What What, what do you think they have in common? Well, I would say that uh, a lot of what it is 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 frustration with. Uh, the way things are going. Uh, people look around, they see corruption uh, all up and down through government, through business, and I think it becomes frustrating for people. Um, I would say that probably has a big part of it. So I would think that maybe a good place to start would be with, you know, political corruption as far as uh, something something to wake people up. Uh, Another aspect. I know is, that's true. I know that's like true with my wife. With my wife, she doesn't accept all of the things, right? That that um, I, that I do, or she doesn't not accept all the things, however you want to put it. But that was her point of waking up was uh, seeing the, the Obama election, right? That she saw that um, he had a um, he could have done anything he wanted, and that nothing changed. He just did exactly what everybody else did, and everything else was excuses. And she just instantly woke up and went what the fuck <laughs> right like um th this this is not real right this is this can't be real it's it's so her first wake up was politics and not everybody that's usually not the first thing people wake up to right um it is uh, the political scam but yeah anyway okay so fr frustration that that would be one or uh all right so um okay keep going uh, well i would say how about poverty or how about oh let's start with um something Wayne can really easily touch on, and that's vaccine damage. How about that one? There's one that'll really get someone looking at stuff. Well, okay, but I, so I would challenge that a little bit, Jason, and say, but wouldn't that be exclusive to people of our age who have experience, right? We get old enough to see enough things happen, and you, you understand human nature well enough to know that the, what you're being told just isn't plausible. That, that takes a certain level of um, experience, right, and maturity, to, to know that those things just aren't in line. What about younger people? What about people un under 30? What about people in their 20s? I see uh, people in their 20s, um, some of them begin to wake up and maybe even easier to wake up, more mutable, right? So, and they don't have the experience. I would say that they lack the experience to, to be hip to the kinds of things that you're talking about, to be able to tear apart the fact that what they're being told um, from a historical perspective can be true. Well, that's, my, well, that's my take. I, I could add something here. We were talking about it earlier. Um, I recently, people are always asking me for a book list, and I, I'm kind of tentative on doing that. 
Um, but I do recommend books. But I'll recommend one that I think should be on every person's um, book reading list if they haven't had any kind of a classical education. It's Bullfinch's um, complete covering of mythology. And the reason is, is because if you understand all those basic old ideas that are supposed to be Greek or Roman, you instantly start drawing bridges to the nonsense that's going on. As an example, this is maybe a little higher level, but when I put together that CNN basically launched its 24-7 lie channel, um, they did it on the back of a Greek myth. If I wouldn't have been aware of truth down the well, I couldn't have done that. But that is like maybe a more esoteric version. Everything in this world um, is based in ancient truths, even the lies like CNN mm -hmm. launching, you know, they're, they're talking about truth down a well, um, and then they're trying to hide the fact that what came out of the well was a lie. My point being is truths come to us through nature. Human beings don't make truth. They just recognize the truth nature has provided. Apparently, the farthest back we can see right now is the Greeks, and they made all these stories from all the truths they learned from nature, or all the things that can happen to human beings, men and women, animals. Um, when you know all those old stories and you're familiar with them, the encoded nonsense gets its little veil ripped off it. Um, but, even, but even with the Greeks and the, and the, <clears throat> and the Romans, um, even, even that is nonsense. When you start to tear it apart and you start looking at the names that they tell you these people are named, it just, it just doesn't seem plausible to me. Right? Well, I've, that, I've come around an idea. That was a problem I faced for a long time, and this is what I'll say now. Yeah, man, uh, did Napoleon Bonaparte exist? That's questionable, isn't it? You know, we just saw a line out of, what was it, Jason, 1984? Someone wrote, you know, Winston is sitting there making his fake character, and he said, well, what? There's as much evidence for my fake character as there is for Julius Caesar or Constantine. <laughs> and these, these are legitimate statements. So here's what I say. It doesn't matter who the hell wrote it. Yeah, they're probably lying about the person. Look at Virgil. We took his right. name apart. Even that can't be trusted. And as I got further into Virgil, I realized everything he did was propaganda to make the Romans look like they were connected to heroes. But the point is, is what we know exists is those words that were written down. And what we know is going on, for some reason, all the things that go on today are all encoded in the old myths and the older ways. And I'll tell you another thing. There is absolutely a reason that when you come through school now, you're not taught how to handwrite, you're not told anything about Greek myths. All these things are tells, basically. So that's that's what I would point out. So where I am now, I don't give a damn whether the person existed or not anymore for the most part if I know the words I'm holding in my hand exist, which I do. Yeah, I, just, I would just say that, that for me, the caveat to that is that um, when, when I know that the, the character is a construct, like Archimedes, right, um, uh, whose name literally means um, the primary bridge, <laughs> I just, it just <laughs> come on, I mean, come on, um, when, when you get uh, Aristosthenes, whose, whose name literally means a false world, his, his name literally means a made up world. That's, I mean, that's his name. Well, like, well this, hey, comes back to, this comes back to learning, doesn't it, Baldini? Words have meaning. That's part of learning. So, so, so I have trouble um, uh, accepting at face value, right, the things that are the, the things that are given without without digging deeper. I go, yes, okay, um, they are giving us older ideas, but but I'm not gonna. Um, just buy into the way that it's given at the very outset, right? So, um, 
any you know in, in any case i just um i, I take take a look at this and say um you know for, from my perspective i think um I, i'm curious about um the characteristics of the people who wake up right what uh what we call waking up or, or stop accepting um, the nonsense i find that it's a very low percentage i'd like I, I know that crow is a little more um optimistic than i am about the number of the percentage of people that do um from from my um from from my view it's a it's a very low percentage um that that really um that, that really wake up to to a, a substantial enough degree to um, uh, that don't just take one or two things right that um, but uh, overall I think that um, I, I'm very curious about the nature of pe- uh, of people who begin to wake up and what the common characteristics are uh, I, I have some ideas about that but I'm I'm not really certain that's why I'm exploring these ideas of um, intellect or um, you know personality type if you want to look at that right like um, I you know talked to, to Wayne about Myers-Briggs personality type and um, a lot of people don't give it a lot of um, a lot of uh, um, uh, ver, you know veracity it's it's nonsense because it's based on young hey I don't I don't see it as um, in the same way I don't see sun signs as being a, a 100% full description of everything but I do see that there's some um, characteristics right that are semi-accurate so if I if I start putting a bunch of different things together uh, and begin to put those corollary points together I start to try to get a picture of what um, uh, what, what patterns develop and that's what I'm really curious about looking at is the kind of patterns that develop among um, what are the common characteristics about people who begin to wake up what it um, because it's it's not the same event that we all wake up to um, neither is it really the same sense that when it starts but but what does seem to happen is we all have this sense of grief that, that crow talks about we we all go through this um this sense of loss right so uh, i'm curious to, to try to hone in on the ideas of of what um what constitutes uh, a person who begins to wake up and not accept the lies that he's told Crow, can you um, repeat the name of the book you mentioned before? I had some folks were asking. Look, I, I just shot um, – just so everyone knows, I don't log in why, why you can't see me in the chat because I don't want Jason's channel to inherit the censorship that I get on mine. So that's why I'm not there. But, Jason, look in the other interface. I Skyped you. Unfortunately, it's an Amazon link. But grab that Amazon link out of Skype and put it up for people. I apologize that it's Amazon, but there's a reason. It's It's a $15 book. It's leather-bound. It could be an heirloom. It's quality. Um, and in it, you'll find so many things that should have been taught to everybody in school, not necessarily because they're so important, but necessarily because all the system of our world just keep echoing these ideas. Um, there's like 10 or 13 storylines in the world. And every time you watch a movie, it's like the same storyline with different characters and just slightly changed. Yeah, that's so, what we were taught. That's what we did with the... Um... Uh, yeah, with the um, hero's journey, right? Exactly what we did. And so the point I would make here um, is this is the basis. Uh, I don't know why we can't see back further than the ancient Greeks, which, by the way, weren't even Greeks. They were Helens, probably, maybe Aegeans. Um, think of the box saga. H-E-L there is their <laughs> beginning. Um, the furthest we can see is to H-E-L-L-E-N, the Helens. 
Um, but anyhow, uh, there it is. He, he put it up. I, I can't go back and forth, I, by the way. If, if you send me stuff in Skype, I can't really go back and forth without cutting the windows and everything. It's just the way. Yeah, you... I was trying to. I saw I saw Crow send it and I couldn't get back to it because I was I'm, I'm up in the, um, uh, uh, the YouTube right, window well, as well. Well, I, I jumped on my phone it. to copy and paste everything, but it's not the easiest thing for me to, to do while we're live, unfortunately. LC, LC King says I'm doing NLP on the woke people. <laughs> <laughs> Listen closely to the sound of my voice. <laughs> That's good stuff, man. <laughs> testing but, for echo. Testing yeah, yeah. for echo. <laughs> Uh, that's that's quality stuff right there. <laughs> Anyhow, I'm not thrilled that I had to give you an Amazon link, but the point is that's a $15 book, and that could get handed down. That's a quality leather-bound book, and it's got the basis of what an authority claimed to understand in the 1860s. And by the way, if anyone does read that book, you will notice that Mr. Bullfinch is referencing Milton, is referencing Virgil, is referencing Homer. But when you get up towards Milton... There's apparently not too many people who understood everything that was held in the myths. Um, my point being, um, if you don't know about the things that are held in that book, you're never going to be able to decipher the nonsense around you 100%. Um, right, and I yeah, think and, we and had well, discussed, I think we had discussed at, at one point that uh, many of these ancient Greek myths, uh, these are one of the vehicles of choice that the uh, powers that be use as roadmaps uh, for flagging down certain events and stuff to each other uh, right. with the secret form of communication so that right. they know what the plan is and what's going on and, you know, so plus, that they know, they okay, this, this is us doing this. Right. Yep. Which, yeah, they're, yeah, they're communicating I mean, with each other directly, right? Yeah. In, right. And in they always... Yeah. Always, always tie themselves back to the whole Olympian idea, too. I think you and I had a conversation about that, Crow. At right, that's, that's the but, whole thing. They think they are the gods of Olympus because they have control of right. so much. But to and, put a fine point on what Wayne's pointing out, we do it every time. For anyone who wants to see secret communication going on in a mainstream thing, go look at the Rick and Morty on vampires. At the very <laughs> end, that, that 30 seconds they put on the end, the head vampire comes up and says... What do you mean uh, a vampire got killed? They go, yeah, Coach Veratu. And the head vampire says, Coach Veratu, what are we doing, a bit here? You guys got to knock it off with the naming. Now think uh, of a week yeah. ago when Mr. Carver, the autopsy guy, died. That was the bit the head vampire was pissed off about. Yeah, Wayne Carver. Mm -hmm. Unbelievable. Carver carving up the imaginary children with the imaginary bullets in them. Yeah, they and they have in so many of those news stories of the false events, right? They had somebody's name is um, liar, or um, <laughs> I mean, it's just it's just unbelievable. They just poke you in the eye so bad, just like oh my gosh, pure really? coincidence. Like, yeah, the, the guy's <laughs> name is um, you know Frank Fraud. You're like okay, I, I, I got you. I, I'm smelling what you're stepping in, right? It's like oh come yeah. on, guys. It's uh, I am lying. I am lying. Yes, exactly. <laughs> oh man. Oh, unbelievable. Uh, I'll tell you. And I mean, yeah, we got pe more people in the chat just going, right? Like, uh, Tesla's a construct, um, Edison. And, and I'm thinking, well, yeah, yeah, like, once you get to a place, like, any of these major historical figures, um, there, there may have actually but, been a person. I mean, you get pictures of them or whatever, but the story but, that you're told is is not accurate. I, I would, let's, let's address that real quick. Um, I think you can point at any popular historical person and say, that's a construct. And here's why think of the person that knows you best in the world 
and think if you died and they went to that person and said, remember that day, that special day, the 20th of December, we're going to put together a little show for television and you're going to be the source to recreate what happened on that 20th day of, of December. How close could that person possibly get? All the dialogue from the dead character is going to be made up. And if it's, you know, we're talking about one day now try to reconstruct the life. So yeah, by the time it becomes entertainment, it's all a construct. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, and I was you know, saying earlier, even with the current guys, uh, Elon Musk, right, he's he's currently living. Um, but uh, uh, Jason and I were talking earlier when we were talking on the phone. Gonna, he's, I mean, um, he's it's a construct. He's a character. Um, I don't accept that he did anything, any of the things that he's supposed to have. And um, I, I know one person um, who works for a company and had a meeting with him uh, and, you know, and he's a real southern guy right? and, and he basically his comment was he may be smart but he doesn't know a goddamn thing uh, that's, <laughs> that's that, what he I, said to me. i have a neighbor who who is super duper rich i don't know him well i see him i see him once a year at this get together for the whole neighborhood and he said the exact same thing he goes yeah i met him he may be brilliant but he doesn't know how a damn thing works here's the that's thing exactly, about Elon musk yeah, so yeah, that's exactly what my friend from Texas said. He works for an aerospace company, and he said he may be smart. I, I don't. I wouldn't know it. He does. He said the guy doesn't know a goddamn thing. No, there's <laughs> a funny smell in the room. Oh, wait a minute. That's just his musk. <laughs> yeah. Right. So yeah. yeah. So I mean, I, I, everybody claims that he's this genius, and I've listened to probably three hours of him talking, and I'd like to get my time back. Um, but I, I wouldn't give this guy ten dollars of my money to invest with anything. He's a, well, I mean, you know, he, you know, he's important because he looks so fake. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And you know he's a genius because he sounds like such a retard. Exactly. That's exactly <laughs> what Jason and I said earlier. To, I mean, ex exactly. To, to all I'm saying is, is but, but, on the but face he of it, flamethrowers. Uh, on the face of it, all know. you got to do is look at his resume. Is actor on his resume? Because if it is, he's an actor. He's an by actor. The way, by the way, Stephen Hawking was acting on his resume. <laughs> you Donald know, Trump. What, I mean, all of them, was right? It, Jason, was it Family Guy or Simpsons that finally made so much fun of Hawking where he was sitting in the wheelchair and he goes, I'm sick of this, and he stands Family up guy, and yeah. walks out of the Yeah. <laughs> they tell you the truth all the time. They're, they're just acting. All right, I've yeah, had enough so, of this. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, so again, from, from my perspective, I, I don't, um, accept any of it, right. As being, uh, fully legitimate, even the current narratives and, and maybe especially so, but certainly none of the historical stuff, um, going back, um, you know, uh, especially if you go back in the Scaligerian timeline, certainly none of the ancient history. Um, the fact, um, you know, I, I do find some of the earlier writings, the things that were pointed at people from earlier times, that carries more information um, that, that I find uh, acceptable, the information in it, because they're appealing to um, more, you know, higher minds, the, as Crow puts it, right? People who are um, uh, better suited, be better, more capable. Well, uh, that, uh, and, that and half the people couldn't read when things like Scaliger were written. So and not only was he lying, he was lying to a certain class of people. Yeah, they were they were establishing a, 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 an agreed upon fraud, right? right. At the, that was uh, it. Yeah, and then when you see that, uh, when you really start to tear it apart and see when the you know Jesuits took over um, all of education uh, worldwide, 
right? And even the Chinese tried to keep him out for a long time and it eventually capitulated. <clears throat> Once they, they did that, they took over education worldwide. Um, they destroyed all, all ancient culture, all ancient history, right? So so you know that they're trying to overlay a, a, a fraud uh, on top of it. There, there can be no question. that you, When you begin to break things down and see why people do things, um, it only makes sense that you're, you're going to destroy um, the truth in order to replace it with a lie, right? There's that doesn't... <laughs> doesn't make much other sense to do that um, if you don't already know what's happening. So, um, you know, I think that we can we can all accept the idea that there are people who are um, they have malice of forethought and they're trying to intentionally do this to us. Um, to me, the challenge becomes how to wake people up to this idea. And for me, that that comes back to the idea of um, demonstrating that these things are frauds. And again, um, walking right into the middle of um, uh, telling them that that this uh, space is they know it is a fraud. Even even the moon landings, right? People are going to fight back because they're they're emotionally invested in it. And this is where I think um, the key maybe uh, lies is in looking for. Uh, specific situations that we can demonstrate um, that are accepted and acknowledged uh, that were um, lies uh, that is not um, in close proximity or with deep uh, personal close investment to anybody. Like, for example, a couple of them that I brought out are the Gulf of Tonkin incident. It's been acknowledged um, that the incident with the the um, ship, the Navy uh, destroyer, uh, that Jim Morrison's, uh, Admiral Morrison's dad was on, um, that they constructed uh, constructed the whole thing that they never were attacked and it was a, a completely bogus event uh, to draw us into a war right. uh, that's later been acknowledged right so so now we have an acknowledged um, uh, truth that our Cri government lied act. to us. Yeah, yeah, criminal act that our government lied to us to um, to cause a war. And when you start looking a little further deep into that, you can look at the Tet Offensive and stuff like that. Um, we can look at Pearl Harbor, for example. There's enough evidence that's leaked out over time uh, that the U.S. government was not only aware of, but um, mm -hmm. basically um, drew the Japanese into it. In, they drew them into attacking us, and uh, they put um, not any of our best ships in Pearl Harbor. They put our old World War One vessels in there uh, and made Made an easy target so that they would um, specifically attack it, and then we could immediately respond. They did it on purpose, right? So, we, and we had their um, their code, their naval code, broken for months prior to that. So we knew for sure uh, they were coming. Um, so we take these sort of things. You look at uh, Operation Northwood. So when we take a few of those things that aren't um, that people aren't really emotionally tied to right now, that are acknowledged lies, um, I think those are those are uh, fallow ground. Right, that you can um, kind of show show people to get them to acknowledge that yes, your government is um, willing to lie to you, uh, and then when you can add a few things to it and start to build upon that um, that ground uh, to begin to wake people up to the idea that um, not only are they willing, but um, that's what I'm looking for is is more of these evidences uh, of um, proven lies that are acknowledged uh, that that they're going to lie to you and they're going to do it. Um, you know, from our perspective, they're going to do it on a daily basis. Uh, but if you if you begin with the whole ball of wax, it's just going to knock them down, right? They're, they're going to drown under the information. Um, so I'm looking for little sips of water. Right. I think Operation Northwoods is a good place to go, actually, uh, when when you're looking at it, because uh, when you mention to people that this this plan that uh, came about from uh, the Joint Chiefs of Staff and the, the intelligence community. Uh, when you they, tell they, them they were fully willing to do happened. it, it's just, it's just yeah, that they, they were didn't, fully right? willing yeah. to do it, but Kennedy told them no. So, uh, <laughs> but uh, when you look at the details of that plan, it talked about crashing airplanes exactly into yeah. buildings, <laughs> yeah, into 
buildings on American soil. So and, re- uh, and replacing the the uh, uh, planes with people on it, landing right. it at a, at a base, taking the people off, and then replacing them with drones. I mean, yeah. you couldn't yeah. get more straightforward. And this is from the '60s, right? So absolutely, um, yeah. So, so if, if people could actually take a look at that and uh, realize the parallels between that and 9/11, hey, I think that's fallow ground for you know a wake up call for a lot of people. Yeah, I, I I agree. I mean, I, I still struggle with the. I saw it in the chat. I go, I, I agree there that um, there's enough evidence that the FBI and the OSS were aware that um, Hitler survived World War II and was in um, Argentina, uh, and they were fully aware of it, but did nothing uh, to try to you know extradite him or even go after. It. They they acknowledged it. They said, yeah, it's likely that he's there, uh, and then they just let it go. Um, there's again, but that's an emotionally charged one, right? So whenever we um, because they've made it. Um, a, a big deal, right? The World War II still carries this big um, emotional um, trigger to it. So I do think things like Operation Northwoods is a great one because it didn't ha- it didn't actually occur, right? So if people can right. accept that that those documents are legitimate. Uh, that's an opportunity. Um, but I think the similar sort of thing with um, the Vietnam War. Well, I think any adult person could look at that, and when they uh, understand that we never tried to win that war, that war uh, it was a police action, not a war. Uh, but they did not go in with the idea of even trying to win it was an unwinnable situation and they continually um the military command over time uh put people in harm's way uh what it really looks like is when you get down to it to make money um and to and to use it as america yes exactly and to use it as a propaganda tool um to to break apart um the american family and um the the way people think that we became sucking on the titty of the news uh, they brought that war into the um, American household and uh, got got uh, parents arguing with their children and breakdown of society uh, really began heavily with the Vietnam uh, action. So yeah. um, those things are um, they're immutable facts. Right. And and I think the thinking people can can better break those apart. But again, now I'm going back to uh, King will laugh and, and say I'm going NLP again. Um, I'm looking for um, <laughs> I'm looking for the characteristics in people that. Um, uh, that make them more capable uh, of becoming uh, awakened and to target those people, if you will, uh, to, to have people look around for um, for uh, candidates, uh, to drop seeds on them, uh, to begin to wake them up. Because to me, that's that's if we want to break this system down, one of the best things we have is to increase our numbers. Um, there, that there's enough of us to say that we do not consent um, and that we are uh, we, we are not going to stand idly by uh, as they roll this thing over us. Uh, I'm not going to. Well, you know, there's something to be said for what we've seen in past history, even the things that were engineered heavily. Um, what you find is people find themselves one day in a room where they're looking around and everything they see is wrong and they go to stand up to say, hey man, this is wrong and everybody in the room shouts them down because they're all afraid. But you wanna know something? When two or three people stand up in that room, that starts to diminish. By the time 10 people stand up in that room, the shouting down isn't working so effectively. And that's a big part of this um, because when you've been pulled down into your childish mind because you've watched too many thousands of hours of Brady Bunch or whatever the hell you're staring at, to homogenize your life, um, what happens is you forget how to be an adult. And an adult means that when you see crime, you recognize it as crime. And you say, hey, man, I'm not down with that. That's a criminal act. 
um, when you start acting like a kid, you will see the crime, but you'll be afraid to say anything against it because you're a kid. Oh, this could be happening, or I'm not, you know, I'm not brave enough to do it, or this. These are the things. So yeah, it's critically important that when you see things that are so wrong. Um, that you stand up and say, hey, man, I'm not down with that. Well, and to your point, Crow, like the kid mind, right, is that, oh, I will get in trouble. And right. That, and this is where I come back to, I'll swing it all the way back to where we were talking about it earlier in our conversation, right, which is to, to me the things that can't be taken from you and that by investing in yourself uh, and to have the integrity and the temerity to stand up and go, no, no, I don't, I don't consent, right? I'm not, um, you, you can't take these things from me. You can't take my integrity. You can't take my willingness um, to, to fight back. You, you're not going to convince me that this is okay. Um, I, I think too too think, few people are, are at that place right now. They're they're too willing um, to to capitulate uh, in order to stay comfortable. Well, think about the whole vaccines things. You know, now they're trying to sneak laws in that are hidden behind closed doors and never posted in public places that everyone's going to get this. So let's look at that logically. Do you own your body? Are you the ultimate arbiter of your own body? If the answer to that is yes, then nobody in this world has the right to tell you to take a needle you don't want. That's just the facts. And so when we start to look at it logically like this, we begin to see the false nature of a law made in this way. Um, it's, it's not, there's nothing defensible about it. It's clearly dictatorial and against human nature. So, you know, are you gonna find yourself where you're the only guy in a room standing up or the only gal in a room? Or are you going to find yourself in a room where maybe 10 or 12 people? I have a feeling that right now you might find yourself in a room with 100 people that are not down with it. I am The Spartacus. problem is someone has to stand up first. So, somebody has to be what they call the first penguin, right? Right. Isn't that right. what we're doing? When the, when the penguins jump in the water, right, um, there's seals down there waiting to get them. And somebody's got to be the first one to jump in. Uh, and then everybody's got to follow. So there's too many of them. Uh, they're going to they're going to pick a few off. But, um, you know, if everybody goes in at once, um, they can't. Uh, and so and so I'm willing to be the first penguin. Northern Bear well, just I, gave us a kind of what we're doing, isn't it? Hang on I one second, so. bro. Northern Bear just gave us a super chat for, I guess that's supposed to be Canadian, $5. What's your take on the website sacredtexts.com? That's www.sacred, then a dash, then texts.com. Might be a great starting point for waking up the willing. I don't know that site, actually. Any of you guys it's, familiar it's with it? It's a website. That's my take um, on it. It's a website. <laughs> very, very good. Very good. I think well done. Me that. I think I have that on a list. I think someone just emailed it to me. Archive.org is the one I usually go for. It, for, it has for it has stuff. a variety of, of uh, all kinds of things in there. I would say, um, sure, there, there's all kinds of stuff there, and some of it has value, and some of it is poppycock. Um, it, it, as with everything, it takes good discernment. Um, I, I don't um, 100% accept anything put before me, but I don't I don't uh, immediately dismiss everything put before me. There's stuff that. Um, uh, Bill Hicks, Alex Jones, uh, Hicks Jones has has said that um, is absolutely true. Um, does that mean that that I believe everything he says? <laughs> of course not. Um, right? It's just not gonna. It's not gonna happen. Um, so, so is there stuff there? Yeah, I found all sorts of stuff at that website, um, and I'm familiar with it. Um, and there's a, a Bibliotheca website as well that um, it's got a whole bunch of ancient texts on there. Some of it is um, extremely interesting. Um, a lot of it is just horse manure um somebody's it's a rectal extraction something somebody pulled out of their butt right yeah they, they channeled somebody from um lemuria okay all right. <laughs> um, david I mean, wilcock is a fraud 
yeah, right. Um, uh, yeah, I won't throw that out. Anyway, um, <laughs> it's my favorite one to pick on. Yeah, but but I guess what, what I'm saying is there there's you're gonna find valuable information in all kinds of places, even the least expected. And um, just because uh, a nugget of gold is buried under a pile of poop doesn't devalue the gold. It just makes it um, where less fewer people are willing to dig through it. And it might be stinky when you get there. You just have to again, um, you know, have the diligence to go digging for it. And uh, if you really want that gold, you're gonna have to look in some unsavory places to find it. Um, so so I'd say. Um, again, if you're if you're looking for truth, you're. I, I, I will throw this out there. I've never found it all in one place. I, I have not found it um, just in listening to Crow. I've not found it just in listening to somebody else. I've not found all of it anywhere, right? But I found a lot of it all over the place, right? Whether it's a uh, Bhagavad Gita or whether it's the Bible or whether it's the Torah. I mean. I found bits and pieces of good stuff all over the place, and it just requires good discernment um, to tease it apart. So um, I just don't think that if you're lazy, you're just you're just out. I, I got to tell you, if you're if you're not willing to put in the dil- the diligence and the time and the investment um, to to do the work yourself, nobody's going to tell you the truth. Not, well, not even he, me. I mean, here here's a good example. How many people like you know the this person's really that person thing? Like someone was just doing it to Wayne the other day. Oh, Wayne's oh my a God. secret. And I always say, well, there's a, a scared diaper wearing person fearfully guessing at what he's afraid of. But here's the point I would make about what Baldini just said. You think Disney is Hitler? How freaking hard could that possibly be to demonstrate as possible or impossible? If you're too lazy to dig in, then you're just believing in stuff like the tooth fairy could be real too, right? Right, exactly. Um, My point is um, these things like this, which we know are going on, things that fit that description (laughs) go on in this world. We know it does. But when you're going to make a big claim like that, how much footwork would it actually take? Like if Jason and I dropped everything and wanted to figure out if it was even possible if Walt Disney played Hitler, how long would that take, Jason? Would would that take all of two hours or something for us to demonstrate it's maybe possible or absolutely impossible? That's what I'm saying. You can't be lazy. And when you make these statements, are you a lazy person believing in things? Or did you take a little footwork to try to find some value in what you're saying? Well, maybe we should take the last half hour we have here and talk about the concept of discernment. Um <laughs> Like crazy nonsense, like someone making demands of me to answer that Wayne is somebody else. Wayne is somebody I grew up with. Wayne is, uh, what are you, two or three years younger than me? I always forget. Uh, We played together as toddlers. Yeah, take your diapers somewhere else. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, like, I don't want to hear this nonsense. Like, are you just, are you too wrapped up in crazy conspiracy stuff that you're now trying to take normal people and and go off on these tangents? It's, It's just insane. Like, I don't want to hear it, and you're wasting my time, and I'm not going to let you spam all over my uh, comment section well, with that crap. I got, I got to say something here. D- Dallas Goldbug once said early on when I was filming with my scope that I was Kevin James from King of Queens, at which point I logged into his Facebook page, and I said, I will bet you a $1,000 I am not Kevin James, and he blocked me, and then started talking all this leaflet nonsense, so... There's the problem. If a person like that ever said anything true and then they do something like that, it doesn't matter what they said was true. They're just diaper-wearing 
children oh, or they've got a bad agenda. Oh, One yeah. of those two things. I mean, and it's the same thing I see with the, um, you know, the sort of the trans agenda, right? And then um, figuring out when, when you when you come to realize that hey, it's it's very possible, um, uh, largely based on their belief system rather than the physical evidence that many people in you know royalty throughout time um, were cross dressers. Yep. Um, then you know, and then you bring that forward to the to the modern agenda, and then people start accusing everybody. Well, you see, this <laughs> of being the, the other gender, and it's like this is the difference it between. Really, it doesn't really matter, right? I mean, it doesn't matter who is who. It's like once you are aware that it's part of, like, it goes along with their belief system. You just become aware of it. It's like, okay, check the box. Yes, that's a that's a thing. Okay, and move on. I mean, move move, move on. <laughs> why why do you gotta live there, right? It's like once I once I prove in Scaligerian history to be poppycock, I don't have to go demonstrate through dental chronology that ev- that the Dark Ages were poppycock. I know it is, right? It's like move on, grow like uh, wait like. Uh, Crow says, "Grow up, man. Take those diapers off, you know, and 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 move on. You you've really got to broaden that um, horizon instead of going trying to go super deep and prove that people are other people and that uh, Owen Benjamin doesn't have a penis. I mean, come on. <laughs> I jumped right? in on that one. That's just getting silly. I mean, this stuff gets silly well, after a while. Here's the thing. That's the problem with with things at this level, and that's why they work." We know they're going on. As a matter of fact, the Jungle Surfer informed us all that Bruce Jenner was a woman four years before his sex change. Um, And people kept saying, are you going to do the gender thing? And I kept saying, no, I'm not good at it. I mean, I I see things and I tried to make up rules and I was watching what he was doing. And I started to think, you know, I see a lot of people just putting on their diapers and making fearful guesses. That's what I see. But then you see people like him where he said it, and I said, okay, uh, maybe. And then four years later, it's not just maybe. Look, he said it was coming, it came. Point is, it comes back to being lazy or not. It's one thing to say that that dude looks like a lady, and it's another thing to, to lay down some evidence. Yeah, it, Gee, somebody uh, should write a song like that. Girl. I thought that was about me. <laughs> <laughs> well, ironically, the guy who did write that song is supposed to be a lady, <laughs> according to some people. I've heard that. <laughs> Looks um, like my grandmother. Say that, but um, yeah, I mean, uh, to, to, again, to, to me, the the uh, it, it gets down to the larger point is that. Um, Again, for, for, from my perspective, it has far less to do um, with what they're doing than how I respond to it, right? And then what, what's my response to this going to be? And I, and I think um, <clears throat> at least the four of us, I think we've kind of uh, certainly agreed to that. It's like how, how are we responding? And, and um, each of us has taken the tack of trying to <clears throat> at least, um, uh, you know, uh, try to inform other people or, or find ways to say, hey, the, these are things that we found to be untrue. Um, you may want to take a closer look at it as well. Uh, don't take my word for it, certainly, because that would be um, uh, as silly as taking their word for it. And, and in some ways, you know, maybe more so. Uh, but but you got to you got to put in the work. You got to do the diligence and you have to be, I think, at least to some degree, um confident enough in your own abilities to discern some things um and and when you're proven wrong like for example there um i I don't usually mention people but there's a a youtuber out there who when i first came across his stuff um russian vids is one i I thought that guy was a complete nut job (laughs) as it turns out a lot of the stuff he's saying is accurate um it was you know his personality that kind of made me go okay um but as it turns out a lot of the stuff that he says is is right on right so um i had to admit i was wrong on a lot of it right so um look at this idea so let's go back to the gender thing for a minute and i assure you this is going on 
at some level. I've done enough research. I just can't pull it off 100% of the time. So I'm not going to be that guy who wears the diapers and walks into the room scared and says, that's a man. That's, a, you know, it's ridiculous. You've got to be able to back up what you're doing. Yeah, you can't. I can't but definitively you, prove it. Right. This is where I started. I went back to Japanese kabuki because I knew that women weren't allowed on stage and all the men had to play the women's roles. Then I went over into America. It was going on openly for some period of time but the point is is while i can assure you this is going on all the people who come into the room fearfully guessing that hitler was disney or any other thing this dude's a lady all you're doing is <clears throat> making what's actively being hidden harder to find because you're making it look like conspiracy yeah craziness. you make it look nuts right and then that's right yep yeah, and then to like to the point i see in the chat there somebody says oh the russian biz was wrong on something i'm like yeah i bet he's wrong on a lot of stuff man um i just say that some some of the stuff that i thought i mean i thought he was nuts on everything and it turns out like i said a lot of the stuff that he said was has some veracity to it not in every point and um again i don't agree with um everything i've said <laughs> You know, I mean, like I speculate on some things and I go, hey, it, it appears to me like this may be like that. And I've, I've been wrong on things. I, I rarely will put things out as um, a, as a statement of fact or make positive assertions about things because it's hard. It's really hard to prove things 100 um, um, percent. And and I don't want to do damage to, to the ideas that we're trying to put out there by, um, you know, by being uh, wrong and, and having claimed that something is absolutely a certain way other than I can say with some veracity, right, that. Um, uh, to the, for example, to the point of the transgender thing, it's within their belief system. So the people who are in charge um, openly, well, I say openly, but among themselves, um, they have beliefs about androgyny and um, whom they seem to worship and that sort of stuff. What their belief system um, idolizes that, right, and, and uh, supports that. So it seems um, certainly within the realm of possibility that they would do that to um, elevate themselves. Uh, that seems um, rational and reasonable to me. Uh, and when it comes to saying uh, this person uh, this royal or this person, that person is absolutely. Um, some of them, when you look at the evidence, seems to support it better than others. And you look at ratios and digit ratios and shoulder, head to shoulder, and um, the the lengths of arms and legs and stuff. Um, but people are different, right? Physiology is different. I can't prove any of it, you know. So. Um, I just again once you for me once I kind of go yeah that that seems to be a thing and it, it um, from my I have a suspicion that nearly all of the um, um, socially acceptable female sex symbols since the start of the 20th century um, very likely might have been um, do, do I know. Of course not. Um, uh, but is it possible? Yeah, it's possible. Um, and and but certainly the major pinup girls, it seems within the realm of possibility that that it goes within their mindset. So I go, eh, I'll give it a possibility. Is it is it a hundred percent true? Yeah, of course not. It's yeah, <laughs> I don't care either way. It, it doesn't it doesn't matter to me who is or who isn't or, or well um, think. Think of the gender confusion. You know damn well for another reason this is going on, because if you have a crush on someone you think is a woman who's actually a man, hmm. um, that that adds to the spell of the gender confusion. Exactly. Yes. And that's, that's, why I think, that's why I think it gives it veracity, right? Is because yeah, it, the, it, the problem will always be um, if you don't do the footwork and you can't produce some kind of factual basis, then what you're doing is saying, I walked into the grocery store and I'm pretty sure that bok choy is masquerading as lettuce. You know, yeah, yep. it's like that. I it's agree. That it's just really hard. It's just really hard to get a slam dunk. Um, and, and again, I think that you, you, the better aspect is to go to the, um, 
the preponderance of evidence, right? You look at the wide, the, the, the overview of where it is, and you have to do the background research into um, uh, understanding, you know, who the players are and what they think and what, what they're trying to accomplish. Um, once you kind of get a good handle on that, it gives you a much better um, glimpse into um, seeing the fingerprint on it when you begin to see the nonsense. So whenever they start to put forth a, uh, the proposition of, um, uh, for, for example, the whole vaccination thing, and when they start making fun of anti-vaxxers and they start doing that sort of stuff, you know that there's something they're, they're preparing uh, to make it a mandatory thing because they're pushing out anybody who disagrees with it. Right. You can see that at the leading edge. You, do, you don't have to wait for it to, to occur. Uh, <clears throat> so when you begin, like uh, Crow describes, when you smell something burning in the kitchen, I don't know if it's a casserole or toast, even though they have different smells. But as soon as I smell something burning, I know. Right. I, I know that there's something going on. Um, so, again, once you kind of get a background into it and you um, broaden that view and don't just try to dive super deep down into one rabbit hole, because, again, it's impossible to prove these things. Right? I just don't I, I, I do have a problem, I think, with people who make factual claims and positive assertions and then um, mock anybody who doesn't accept them because you can't prove it. You just can't. Um, and, and it's it's not really helpful in any case right it's not really helpful anyway what are you going to do with that information it's not i mean <laughs> what are you going to do with that right if you could well, prove if you could prove that walt disney was hitler what could you what what, what difference would that one thing really make it, it, it only makes sense in in the overview of everything here's what's happening is that they're trying to pull the wool over your eyes and create an artificial construct um to to make you give up your will to them <laughs> ultimately right so we we actually here here's part of the problem um, the gender thing I I know and and the intuition of my gut that it's going on and I know beyond that to some degree but what I did is I actually put time into this I said I'll make some rules like I always do and if I can be right like eighty percent of the time then maybe I'll mention mention this is a possible way to move forward I did things like picked out actors that I thought were suspicious a lot of them had same initials rr renee russo um and i started going down that road problem is is it didn't pan out all the time so then i started going at names realizing i went through all these tcm listings back to the 20s all the way up to the modern i went through hundreds of them and i realized something like 80 percent of all females actors have a last name that can be associated in some way as male um like julia roberts there's robert there's tons of them. And even even worse is ones like Ellen Barkin, because I was pretty sure she might be a good target to look at. Barkin's a dog, so maybe that's me. I did all these things, but at the end of the day, I couldn't put a foundation down strong enough uh, to feel good talking about it. Yeah, or Sandra Bullock. Bullock. There you go. Been there, I, done that. And I used to have a crush on her, right? So I just kind of, then I started looking at it closely and I went, someone, oh. someone just, typed, <laughs> someone just typed, tell me Raquel Welsh was, was real and I was giggling because you know what it means to Welsh on a bet? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the, the, some of the evidence that I looked at it, when I started looking at it, I, I came to the place where I felt that it was um, a strong possibility that, that most of the um, uh, major sex symbols from every decade, um, good chance that they that they were lying to us. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm Just know that those things long. are going on. You don't have to know I'll, that each individual was one, right or wrong. I'll say one right now. I am maybe 80. As I did this, I found a couple people that I was pretty damn sure 
uh, where had played the gender game. And when I say this one, people at first are going to go, come on, man. But I'm just saying, go take a careful look and think about it. I'm reasonably sure Bo Derek did the, and by the way, Bo, boy, <laughs> Derek, a man's name. But I'm pretty sure Bo Derek is not what you think. I haven't and looked when, into it, but when I think Well, here's the, the other thing. Here's another thing about the, the, the gender things. They always end up married and having children, but they adopt. Yeah. That's another thing I noticed, but I'm pretty sure Bo Derek was a poke in our eye. We're getting low uh, on time here, folks. Yeah, um, we, we have another uh, super chat I want to read out here from Mountain <laughs> Smithy for 555. Thank you so much. If it were just the Tower of Elon, it'd be the Tower of Sun God, Sun Dash God, or L plus On, but adding Bab, B A B equals Dead Sun. What sign does Saturn rule? The spirit world. So, uh, well, astro- astrology isn't exactly my strong point, but I, I think your point is taken. So, yeah, with the with the little bit of time that, that we have left, I mean, here here's what um, uh, one of the things I wanted to get to right is to is start to to consider, uh, and, and I would um, I would like to to you know hear from people, and um, I'll just kind of. Um, uh, maybe I'll put this up here or um, put out an email address. Did, I don't know. Did you ever put up a folder, Jason, uh, for uh, interaction? Or I could put up an email address. Um, oh, I didn't do that. I'm sorry. No. Oh, that's all right. Um, I'll put up an email address. Uh, unintended consequences. Um, uh, three at oops, at Gmail. The, the life of everybody here. <laughs> Unintended <Yeah>. consequences. Uh, yep. <laughs> should I walk Sounds up the stairs like the or should I stand life. here and stare at them? <laughs> yeah, that's um, <clears throat> a, a channel that I had, I had created con- considering uh, doing some stuff, right? I, there's no content on that on that channel at all. Uh, but if you can send, send an email, um, what I'd like to know is, I mean, tell me a little bit, whatever you're comfortable telling me about yourself, what I'm looking at specifically, um, I'm looking at your, your age range. If you want to give me your birth date and your um, – uh, and your birthplace kind of gives me an idea of where you're from and the kind of the background. Um, if you if you want to take one, uh, a Myers Briggs test, um, they take about 15 minutes to take. You can find them pretty quickly. Uh, again, um, this is, uh, again, you think I'm data mining or whatever. What I'm looking for is correlation, right? I'm I'm trying to get get an idea, uh, and and then like the top five things that uh, woke you up or just like you don't have to give me your whole life story. I'm just looking for some uh, some basic information about uh, about you, right? Um, to tell me uh, so so i can try to correlate um the get get an idea uh of who is involved here and what we're looking at and the type of people i I pay uh, close attention i lurk in in a number of groups uh without identifying myself and um uh, i lurk all over the place trying to get an idea of who we're looking at and i see a variety of different people um i do see some corollary things um i I try not to poke people too much and so this is entirely voluntary if you want to send me an email um start off there um but i want to try to create um uh, some basic ideas of these things that we talked about, some scripts or uh, uh, some subjects that you can try um, planting on a few people that, um, that you may think are good targets uh, to try to, to get them to see things maybe a little bit differently. Um, and, and if we could work on this as an experiment, um, uh, you know, uh, Nathan Oakley would kill me, not a scientific experiment. <laughs> I'm going to call it a colloquial experiment um, just to sort of um, get, get an idea of who responds well to what. Uh, and um, see what we can do. I think if we um, take a moment um, to try to to um, broaden the scope and 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 uh, not get the kind of pushback that you're going to get if you go in walking into a room and going the earth is flat and you people are retarded, <laughs> um, that's not going to help you. 
Um, it's not going to help anybody, right? But but if we can um, if we can show up with some ideas that say, hey, you are being systematically um, lied to um, consistently uh, on a number of things, and I think if you start small on things uh, like these Operation Northwoods or the Gulf of Tonkin incident um, that are not um, an emotional um, landmine for people, um, we have a chance of of maybe getting people to um, <clears throat> maybe getting people to to wake up a little bit. I would say another important aspect of this that we should address too. Uh, I dropped it in the uh, in the chat. Uh, unintended consequences three uh, at uh, unintended dot consequences three at gmail dot com. So I'll, I'll put it up again. Um, okay. Yeah. Go ahead and type it out. Yeah. Go ahead, Wayne. Yeah. We're, we're almost out of time. We only anyway, have minutes left. I was saying I think an important aspect of this we need to look at too Oops. is uh, I the whole. Sorry the whole arrested development concept that goes along with this. Uh, people are, are pretty much in that mindset of this whole juvenile mindset. Uh, we're kind of locked in uh, by design through the education system and through the entertainment and stuff into a mind frame of around a 12 or 13 year old child. And that's where they want to keep us. So you're not using your adult higher mind to look at these things and, and think them through. So uh, I think it's an important aspect of this for breaking through to people is trying to get them to realize, hey, do you realize just how much you're being controlled by all these different uh, outlets? Uh, primarily the education system is a good one to point to for a lot of people because yeah. most people have some kind of a beef with the education system. So, uh, you know, it's not something that I think is too hairy to, to bring up to people when you're looking at these kind of things and make them aware of the fact, hey, did you know this system is designed to keep you in a perpetual uh, state of juvenility? And that's pretty much what they do so that you accept the authority that they're using and, you know, well, over you. Yep, that is the biggest thing. I think, Wayne, you, you hit the nail on the head there, is that what they're trying to instantiate in you is is the um, the sense that you cannot trust um, your own – like just to think of the, the globe illusion, for example. They're telling you specifically you can't trust your own senses. Listen to us. We're the experts. Um, and, and this goes outward into everything, whether it's science, history, anything. Um, you, you're too stupid. Uh, you can't trust your own senses. Listen to us. We're the experts. And so that you then um, acquiesce to handing over uh, your decision making in your mind uh, to them. And that uh, ultimately seems to be, um, to, to me, one of the ultimate goals. Like if there were five, I'd put that in the top five, um, that, that yep. they're trying to get people to acquiesce their will, if you want to put it um, uh, more directly, uh, over to um, either the hive mind or the over mind. Um, so, so yes, that that's one thing certainly that the education system um, ingrains in people is don't ask questions, just accept. Right. And, and I think right. the society um, reinforces that on every level. I was always suspicious of the professor, man. He could make a phone out of a coconut, but he couldn't fix the minnow. Right? <laughs> <laughs> they didn't have the raw materials to do it. Yeah, he couldn't fix the boat, but man, he could make a radio. Uh, out that, of, uh, you that, know, was a, that was a social programming stuff. joke. Oh when, yeah. When I, look, when I look at Gilligan's Island now, all I see is social programming. That's all I see. And, and I think I how much I like that as a child. How was Gilligan allowed to live? That's, that's, <laughs> that's, that's an example of the village well, idiot was, uh, taking the center stage. Yep. He was the jester of the crew. 
All right. Yeah. So we're down to about five minutes here, guys. Uh, Want to do a recap here? I, you know, I think we kind of veered off of uh, deprogramming in general, but uh, what do you think is the best way if you someone is trying to help someone close to them to wake up? Why don't we just throw out a couple quick ideas uh, on how to approach them? Because obviously it's it's very frustrating, especially if you're with a partner, probably most of all. If you have a partner, you know, boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife, whatever, something like that, sure. that's is just completely not getting it but you are like go ahead like like go ahead let's take a, a quick minute to go through these uh go ahead baldini you go first yeah i mean I, i'm going to go with generalities i mean i've used a couple of specific examples but um i would just in, invite you to, to uh, if you know the person specifically as jason said it's really um it's really difficult if you're um in a really especially a um you know a romantic relationship with somebody who who is um, resistant to these ideas so I would say if especially if you know the person a family member or a close friend um, you, you want to find something I think that is uh, of low emotional impact to them something that's uh, of far enough proximity that it's not gonna um, specifically affect them so in other words if they're um, really dedicated to some idea don't try to break down um, that one in, spe- in particular right so if they're really big on LGBTQ RSTUV rights um, then you don't want to go with them with the transgender agenda because they're going to see you um oh we got an error that i think occurred it shut off so um yeah you don't you you don't want to go with that um uh so you want to find something that uh is uh, not gonna um raise their hackles so uh, anything that's going to be far away and that's also provable right so it's if it's an acknowledged lie um if it's um it's something that you can prove to be true. The better you can prove it and the further away it is emotionally, um, the better chance you, you have. Crow, go well, ahead and take a shot. One, one thing I'd add is is it doesn't do anybody any good to try to force a point of view. Uh, what I learned to do a long time ago is to make statements like this. I don't accept that and don't say another damn thing. Everyone there is then forced to understand that you don't accept a thing. Someone there might ask you, why don't you accept that thing? And the next word out of your mouth, you better choose very carefully. You're an adult. You know what the effect of the next word out of your mouth will be. If the next word out of your mouth is a fight and you do that, that's on you, man. And that's what I can add. Yep. Wayne? Uh, I think it's important to uh, just drop subtle seeds here and there. I, I couldn't tell you how many times just... Uh, people that i'm around they kind of know you know i'm i'm into this uh conspiracy stuff or whatever so every once in a while something will happen uh or be on the tv or something and they'll ask me oh well what's your take on this and i'll just tell them and most of the time they're a lot more uh susceptible to what you have to say than than what you might think Uh, a lot of them are genuinely curious about a lot of these different topics and and things going on and they kind of know people instinctively know something's wrong they just mm-hmm. can't quite put their finger on it so when you could start to steer them in the right direction subtly and drop these little seeds and if they know you're the guy who might have uh, you know that little nugget of information that might might help them out or may help them to understand things better they'll come to you and ask you questions i i generally don't like go at people anymore with uh, you know wow you know just saying stuff like that it doesn't do anybody any but good to try and push uh your type of a belief system or anything on anybody else so uh i i just basically you know put it out there 
like Crow said, just yeah, let you, people you, know. I you don't can't be antagonistic, that. right? You, right. Can't, you no. can't turn it into a battle. And then not, well, that's what it'll turn, turn into, turn especially with a close so person. They have to ask you the question, you know, well, why do you think this or why, you know, don't you believe that? <clears throat> and then you could tell them and you could, you know, lay out uh, the logical ground for why you, your position is what it is. So that's kind of the approach I take is I kind of leave the ball in their court. If they're really curious about it and they're interested in knowing more, they'll ask. And if they just don't just outright aren't ready for that yet, it then just let it drop. And that's fine. It's and not at some help. point, yeah. they'll come back around. Right. All right. That's pretty much it, guys. We're just about there. I would say one of the easiest ones, if you just want a helpful suggestion, is point up the, at the sky when there's giant crisscrosses there that were never there just a few years ago. That's a pretty easy one to get the conversation going. But anyway, thank you to the Fringe FM. Hopefully we were on for the full two hours. Thank you to everybody. We hit over 200 uh, in the uh, concurrent viewers, according to the little thingy here. Some folks said we dropped out for a minute. I don't know what's up with that. It looks like the stream is still going on, and I pulled it up on my phone, and it seems like it's still running. So not sure, but uh, hopefully we didn't get kicked out for speaking our minds. Uh, Baldini, thank you for being here. Crow, as always, thank you for coming in. Wayne, great having you with me as always and thank you so much folks you guys are awesome and we'll new see show you tomorrow new show tomorrow Jason. new show tomorrow crow you want to give a quickie on that uh 193 we met a woman who is actually brought up as an aboriginal in a tribe and she's going to talk to us about the dream time um i always i always go for the old stuff man and this mm-hmm. i mean they got a claim on the oldest culture i think i don't think it gets any older right Maybe not Yep, find that tomorrow, guys. Thank you so much, everybody. Yeah, that was a weird break, Jason, when everything went down. I had to refresh. Hang on, I'm trying to end the stream. (laughs) It's taking its time. Good night, everyone. Sorry about the little extra bit there.